Yeah, uh-huh, listen up Yeah, I can see you're new to this You ain't got no job You ain't got no experience Your entry level You ain't got no qualifications, baby Your entry level Your entry level, baby. Your entry level. Ooh, yeah. Entry level. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm here with Gabrielle Elaine Sheridan. Hello. Uh, my uh, live-in roommate. We're going camping in the morning, and uh, it's kind of a, a last-second thing, so Gabs is hopping on to help with the intro. How are you, Gabrielle? I'm great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> You're using your podcast voice? Oh, podcast voice all the way. <laughs> you have, Gav, Gavs has different voices. You have um, your normal voice, which is... And, and my ordering voice. And then you have then you, you have your podcast voice. Your choosing I right. please have... <laughs> yeah. When we go to In-N-Out, Gavs is like, um, can I? And I'm like, this is not how she talks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, have, you admit you have a different ordering voice. I have different voices for everything. <laughs> You're the man of a thousand voices. I agree. Um, you Life's do, too short. You want to do your Russian accent that you that you crush? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Okay, okay, okay. I won't make you do no, it. The it's... world's not ready for oh, it. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, I asked Gabs before we started recording because um, we were just uh, we went swimming um, at a pool that was uh, socially distanced. It was just us, um, and it was nice. And, but now we're back, but I asked Gabs in the bike ride back um, to come up with her three favorite cartoons from growing up because Cornell and I over on the Patreon came up with our favorite cartoons of all time. And then we roasted the Patreon listeners cartoons uh, last Patreon. So Gabs, what do you got? What is your top three favorite cartoons starting whatever you want? Top to bottom or bottom to top? Okay, so I'm just going to go from order as I remember them. Okay. So chronological order of... Chronological. Of when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Chronic. She'd be smoking that dough. I'm just kidding. No. Um, You've never smoked marijuana. Never. Exactly. Never. Back in the podcast um, voice. <laughs> okay, go. What, what is your... What, Leave me alone. Uh, you're, you're in the intro, man. This is I'm fun. in the intro. I'm doing the voice. It's okay. It's fine. So um, first was Madeline because my sister's name was Madeline. What is Madeline? Isn't that like a French one? It's about like a French orphanage. Boring snooze, thumbs down. Oh, and she, her appendix burst. Oh, like, well, now this doesn't sound fun like a fun cartoon at all. Do you realize in Rugrats, Tommy used a screwdriver as a tool in, in it was he'd pull it out of his diaper. That's way more fun than a French orphan having an appendix burst. Your cartoon <laughs> is sad. Mine is unique oh, and fun. <laughs> and then like a cat and dog. Oh, cat dog. It wasn't cat and dog. It was cat dog. What, really? See, I, I don't remember anything like you remember because I didn't watch TV growing up. Oh, someone's better than the rest of us. Cat dog was no. great. It, I feel like it's a second generation. It's post Rugrats in the post Rugrats Doug world. Cat dog's coming around the same time as Angry Beavers. I do like cat dog. Great yeah, idea I don't for even cartoon. Read, like, Angry Beavers is like something. Dagbit and Norbit loved about. Angry Beavers. Huge fan. Yeah. Okay, you like Cat Dog. You like 
um, little orphan Madeline Gross. What's the third and one? And then in high school, I liked Squidbillies. Squidbillies is great. Yeah. That's a winner. You Didn't you also like Aqua Teen? No. Oh, devastating. No, I never watched it. Okay. Can you explain what Squidbillies is about? Because I never uh, really watched no, it. No, it's just about a bunch of squids that are hillbillies, <laughs> and they always wear <laughs> different hats. Okay. And the hats, like, yeah, that's. But- basically it you were talking earlier today i didn't i'm not a tv whatever you were i wasn't you were talking earlier today about how you would secretly watch jerry springer yes and you had to hide it from your mom but when you would watch it you would have a party explain this okay (laughs) so it's in the summertime and uh jerry springer comes on around noon i think maury's before something Mm -hmm. and you know we weren't allowed to watch Jerry Springer, yep. obviously, but we would, and mm-hmm. we had like sev- like a couple chores we had to do throughout the day. But sometimes, like my mom would come home during the day, or like my stepdad, that surprise visit to like check on us, and then we would have to like <laughs> <laughs> really be like, who has the remote? Like oh, change no. it, or we have to manually change it on the TV. Oh my gosh, you guys! And it was very. Um, you know, it was, it was adre- adrenaline rush. Either way you look at it. Exactly. Yeah. We see ours was when we would go to the state wrestling tournament. Uh, my brothers were wrestling. Uh, it was the first time any of us, like me and my friends, would have access to HBO and real sex would be on. Oh, and, I remember that. Yeah. And we would have, but we would have like, it was like a relay system, like, uh, like, yeah. like, uh, like how um, the fucking uh, Incas would relay stuff. It'd be like someone at the elevator, ready to yell at somebody at the door, ready to yell at someone with the oh, remote. Like wow. they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, <laughs> and we would relay it quick. And it was very, it was very uh, sleuthy, and it was man, you're talking about an adrenaline rush. Very exciting. I remember that was kind of in a gross way. My sex education yeah it's a terrible way to have sex education yeah because i was like in eighth grade gross oh terrible yeah and it's just, just like a bunch of people jerking go, off it's awful going into ninth or depending it's like they did all sorts of stuff i it, watched more episodes than that maybe <laughs> i guess that's my favorite non-cartoon cartoon. oh is is real sex on hbo <laughs> when you're in eighth sex grade on HBO. all right i um yeah, I I'm mean, not proud of it. No, of course not. It's it's your it's your parents' fault for having HBO. You shouldn't have HBO. You should, absolutely not. Um, my friend, this is real. I might have told you this story before, where um, we my friend had a black box and they had everything and we had put on the Playboy channel and fell asleep watching it like at a sleepover. No. And his stepmom <laughs> came downstairs so in the morning and Playboy channels on and there's like 15, 12 year olds asleep and she goes, "What are y'all pitching tents down here?" And <laughs> It was very funny. No, the best part. Okay, so for a while, I lived with my grandma and grandpa in high school. And like, what was that show with the Playmates? I think it was just called Playmates, right? Probably. Only, yeah, I don't know. And it was like the the bunnies. Oh, was it the one where they lived with Hugh Hefner on the E yeah. Channel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was. I think it was. Yeah. I don't know what it was called, but it was his three wives. So my, I have like his concubines. I have like a sixteen-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, and my grandpa just looks at me and goes found the channel and he goes i think it's time for you to go to bed <laughs> oh no <laughs> your grandpa's gonna watch it yeah oh, gross. To watch it alone. <laughs> that's such a grandpa move to be like ooh, e, i just risque. was not shy about it at all 
Fox okay. News and the bunnies. Okay, incredible. Well, guys, that's a good intro to get to some listener mail. Um, Gabs, we have an exciting guys. If you have anything uh, you want to email listeners, it's entry level with Brooks gmail.com. Very easy uh, email. Definitely when I made it, thought that I would be doing over 130 episodes. Not true. Um, but we have some exciting news. It, guys, science has happened. It's incredible. Um, I looked up what this, what this, what the thing happened, and um, it's the concept of multiple discovery, also known as simultaneous invention. This comes from a listener who goes by Milk Brain. Milk Brain, I really want to appreciate wow. you for sending this to me. He goes, he or she, who knows? Uh, Milk Brain is um yeah we need to know what sex you are no we don't uh, immediately i do okay this is the real sex talk mm-hmm. okay milk brain is uh non um non-binary uh, yeah. they're, they're they're just a bean okay hey brooks was doing some putting of my own while working from home when i saw this video about stuntmen and if you're a new listener and you're listening for mike racine just know that putting is what we refer to as doing nothing while at work Burns came up with it when he was hosting, when he was co-hosting the show Ooh. one time about David Putty staring and doing nothing from the show Seinfeld. So puttying means doing nothing, according to the entry level world. Wow. Okay. I did not know the etymology of your. Really, you didn't know yeah, that. That's where putting came from. Yeah, David Putty. He, yeah, it's from an episode of Seinfeld. He just stares and it makes Elaine mad <laughs> that he doesn't need to read a book. He's like, I'm just fine. I'm staring. I didn't um, know. Yeah. Good job, Burns. Yeah, very funny. Burns is the best. Uh, okay, so. Uh, Milk Brain, whoever this entity is, sent me this video about <laughs> stuntmen, and they they time stamped it. Goes at eight thirty in the video. The stuntmen slash martial artists used the term puttying in a the same way in a similar fashion to you, but to describe additional fighters in a big brawl whose job is to look busy while also doing nothing. So when you see a bunch of people doing martial arts, there's people in the back that are just scrambling but actually not fighting that's called puttying so that is doing or aerobics nothing. yeah no or aerobics right but in the in this martial arts world of stunt people it's called puttying uh then and then they they go what they go excuse me what did you call it they call it puttying because the power rangers putty patrollers so in the power rangers the bad guys were called putty patrollers and they would just do nothing and their job was to get defeated so guys Insanity has happened. The concept of multiple discovery, also known as simultaneous invention, is the hypothesis that most scientific discoveries and inventions are made independently and more or less simultaneously by multiple scientists and inventors. Thus, us at entry level created the term puttiers for doing nothing and martial artists and stuntmen created the term puttiers for doing nothing but looking busy and we have developed the same idea independently we're incredible we're part of science i typed this into wikipedia there's a whole bunch of these there's like all sorts of different ideas that came together at the same time one is like in the 16th century galileo galilei and simon stephen came up with the idea that well not the idea the uh, they realized that heavy and lighter balls fall at the same speed it doesn't matter just gravity pulls at the same time uh and there's there's like thousands of these in this wikipedia article and my goal and what i've dreamed of my whole life was to get into the article on wikipedia about um simultaneous intervention and now we can do it in the year 2020 during been your goal yeah absolutely that's why i started this in the year 2020 (laughs) during the coronavirus epidemic that overtook the entire globe 
we realized from, from Milk Brain that entry level and stunt people have come up with the exact same idea for looking busy and doing nothing, and that is puttying. Ours is based off the 1990s sitcom Seinfeld. There's the 1990s sitcom Power Rangers. I like both of those. Yeah. Did it seep in? Is it? Could it have just been me hiding in the back of my brain all the time thinking about Power Rangers? Well, who knows? And they both grossed, I, I, I want to assume, the same amount of money. Maybe Power Rangers a little bit more. Power Rangers definitely so many made more, more money than toys. Seinfeld toys. Yeah. Toys. Yeah. Oh, my God. But incredible. Uh, it's just exciting. I couldn't wait to share it with you guys. And I really want to thank Milk Brain. Whatever the fuck you are, you're incredible. I don't know what your job is that you're watching behind the scenes stunt man things on YouTube, but I really appreciate it. I will put a link with a timestamp in this episode description if you want to see how they came up with the same idea that Burns and I came up with independently. It's incredible. We're exactly like Galileo and Simon Steven. It's very exciting. Simon Gabs- Steven. I like that. I like I like anybody with two first names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Galileo just has the same name twice. Yeah, that's... Wow. <laughs> You're Gabrielle Gabrileo. Gabrielle Gabrileo. I'd be Brooks Brooksio. That sounds like a Star Wars guy. I don't like him as much. Um, Brooksio, Brooksio. It's either way. It's very exciting, and I can't believe I'm a part of history, and you guys are a part of history. It, it, it's I got goosebumps thinking about it. I, you are more excited than I see you about a lot of things. Yes, right because it's incredible. I'm just like Galileo. I'm exactly the same. <laughs> uh, what did you get goosebumps about the other? Oh, uh, the Last Dance. Gab's got goosebumps a oh, hundred times during don't the Last Dance. Even get me started. Best documentary ever. Where do I begin? I well. Mean, I don't even like basketball. We'll do a Patreon. Sometimes I interchange like accidentally basketball and baseball. That's how little <laughs> I know about basketball. Right, but well, like we, I'm in it now. We'll do a Patreon episode. I'm in it now. We'll do a Patreon episode where you and I break down the last dance and it'll yeah, be I'm great. Yeah, I'm doing 30-30 side. <laughs> I'm going on what'd you just call? What did you just call them? Oh, okay, 30 for 30. I like that you call them 30-30s. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. Uh, What's great also that Gabs loved The Last Dance so much is I like any 30 for 30 documentary. And yeah. I tell Gabs she can pick out anyone she wants. And there's like a hundred of them. And then no matter what, we both enjoy a nice documentary because yeah. they're fantastic. Um, I, yeah. Documentaries are my favorite. They're everybody's favorite. They're great. All right. Let's move on with this week's episode. But first, I want to give a shout out to a uh, cool writer I inter- I, he, who interviewed me in Philadelphia, Brendan Menapace. We talked for like 45 minutes. Gabs, mm-hmm. you walked down the middle of this. He writes this blog called um, Snakes and Sparklers, and we were just discussing the Red Hot Chili Peppers in a heated love debate. Oh, yes. And you were like, what is happening? I know. And then I went for a run and like I came back and it was still happening. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I left on chili peppers and came back to chili. Peppers. Yeah, we were this just talking about how much we love it. It's a great blog. I'll put a link to it in this episode description. So, guys, in this episode description, you have the um, you have the video about stuntmen where they come up with putting. You got Brennan's article. Um, and right about now, you're about to have a great interview with a great comic, Mike Racine. Also, Sujen Meth- uh, Mather sent in an email uh, this week talking about how he had a job he hated going door to door. Well, Mike Racine had one of those two, and he talks about it fantastically in this episode. Um, Gabs and I, we're going to go camping in the morning. We're going to the Inuo National Forest. Anything else you want to say, Gabs? No. 
<laughs> and on that, we will move forward with Mike Racine's interview. Thank you guys. Have a great week. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm here with one of my favorite New York comics, or just comics in general, Mike Racine. You can say New York comic. Well, I'm saying, but like when I'm in New York and I see you go up, it's like, that's like an added treat to being in New York. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, oh, Mike's on this. He's going to say something fucking nuts. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. You're, uh, uh, <laughs> you're Kevin Barnett. Um, memorial is legendary, according to Keith and Kenny Lucas. Oh, yeah. Oh, the one, oh, the set, I guess the set that I had. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, because I, I was making fun when, um, well, I wasn't making fun of when Kevin died, but when that you yeah. guys added a second show. Well, it's funny that Kevin died. I mean, it's, <laughs> out of all the people you'd think would die, <laughs> not, you wouldn't think it would be Kevin. It wouldn't be our happiest, one of our richest also friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but right. I was making fun of the New York comics because you guys like sold out the bell house for the kevin memorial uh-huh. uh so you added a second show and i was like only the fucking new york comics would be like well they bumped me from the first show so i was like <laughs> well, all right what, i'm just gonna say whatever i want that's what keith and kenny said because i was making fun of it i was like you fucks are like using kevin dying to get some more stage to double up on stage time and they're like yeah. the second show we wouldn't have got that racine set uh-huh yeah so they said it was all worth it yeah. um but listeners who don't know, Mike Racine's a great comic and also a good friend who lives in New York City. How is it going over there well, right now? Comedy's over. Um, it's fine. It's not like we, we moved into a place, a, a, a new place at the end of March. Um, and our landlord was selling our building. And so we were like, let's just bite the bullet and move. It'll give us something to do. So mm-hmm. luckily we have like a bigger like new place that, uh, you know, is nice. So it's nice that I, you know, I got all these DIY projects while uh, people are dying while essential workers are passing away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know man. I, mean? I um, mean, I certainly feel guilty because we didn't really get hit. Like, we didn't we're, – we're doing better than I think most – and we're, like, very – I think we're very lucky. Yeah. Me and my uh, fiancé. She she's a speech therapist, so she's doing uh, therapy every day with kids. Um, and uh, I'm just, like, hanging out. I'm living like, a, like, a, like your dad, like your divorced dad. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel uh, – I mean, it's, it sucks so bad, but I'm – uh, my girlfriend lost both her jobs because she's serving at two uh, restaurants. And I was like, oh, okay. well, fuck. Like she worked so much before, you know, so many shifts yeah. that um, I was like, well, this is like a rare time where neither of us can work. Mm-hmm. Let's just go on road trips. So we've just, just been going on road it. trips. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and camping and stuff. But but I feel bad like posting about it being like, hey, look, I'll, 100,000 right. deaths, but check out me in this river today. I, you do feel bad about it, yeah. especially since so many people dying are like, you know, literally, yeah, send grocery store workers and bus drivers. And, right. But, well, but also, like, I'm sure she was working very hard, and that's, that's a hard job to be, you know, no, hopefully she had some money socked away, right? No, that's, yeah, that's exactly, I mean, that's what it was. It's just like, she li- like, my job's canceled stand-up, her yeah. job's canceled for now serving. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of like. You know, our, our, our lives are on hold right now, but her job is about to make her go back to work, and uh, that's going to be okay. a nightmare. What's she going to do? I don't know. I mean, we're going on a road trip. We'll talk about it this weekend, I'm sure. Like, no, but for work, like, what is she going to oh, do? Oh, she, like, is a uh, server at, like, two restaurants. Oh, like, so they're opening back up? Yeah, and I okay. don't agree. You know, you, I feel yeah. like we're pretty similar. Like, hey, man, let's yeah. just, let's eat, let's put off the gas for a second. Well, it's crazy because like, and I was talking about this on my show this week. I mean, we've just spent our whole lives in this sort of system where it's like, you have to get a job and support yourself. And, you know, and, and I think like the fear with people is, is not that 
the, the, the fear is that we're going to figure out a new way to do things. Like we're going to realize that, yeah, we probably could just all live in the woods and like, you know, have different, we could live like an, a fucking Indian tribe. Right. I've, well, honestly, like, I've like, I've saved up money during this. Because Native I'm American not, tribe. Yeah. Dude, me too. It's great. Because yeah. I'm not doing anything. Like it's awesome. I got, yeah, I got like my taxes back and normally I'd be like, well, let's go to fucking uh, Jamaica yeah. Uh, and blow it all, but now yeah, I can't. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. like, wow, maybe I'll eventually own a home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a guy who does that? Do you, you spend you spend money because you you tweeted about it one time. Oh I yeah, think, I, yeah. I mean, I'm always I've always had like the same amount of not a lot of money, even though yeah. sometimes I've made no money and I have to skimp, and then sometimes I make a bunch of money, and then I'm like, how do we get back to being worried about money? I know it's weird. You're never like where. Yeah, it's always. You never where you want to. <laughs> no, because when, when this thing started, I was like, "Oh, before this, I just spent so much money on bullshit that mm-hmm. I didn't need to do." And now that it's now, but see, then I started to like pick up some shifts. I picked up some some moving shifts when people need you know stuff done. Like, yeah. I'm like, "Why not? I'm not doing anything else." So I picked up some moving shifts, and then I'm, I got my my Patreon for my podcast. So then I have a little extra, and now I'm now I'm back to being like, "Oh, let me." But there's not a lot that you need. Like I I. Bought, uh, I bought iced coffee yesterday, today and yesterday because I just wanted that you know normalcy of going to the coffee shop yeah. and getting a cold brew. But I was like, I was spending $5 on this every single day. I was just spending my money on shit, throwing yeah, it away. Well, I mean, I we ate out so much before. Like I've nice. gotten actually like kind of uh, more in shape because I'm not eating trash all the Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, uh, it's nice to talk to someone else who's thriving during this pandemic. <laughs> also, what made me laugh, what really brought me and Mike together is, uh, well, you know, uh, is when you told your grandma, you're, you, you had this tweet that made me laugh so fucking hard. You were, uh, you, you go, um, you told your grandma, you go, this, this tweet is just for my grandma. Keep Bernie yeah. Sanders name out your fucking mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it that really made me, it really made me laugh. She's funny because uh, she's like a very mean person mm-hmm. and she loves, she's 93 and she loves Donald Trump. And the day that Trump got elected, the day after he got elected, I was in a, I was in LA and I was writing for my friend's pilot and everybody was just like, whoa, like there was just, you know, air in the, yeah. everybody was like, well, I don't know. We'll see what, I will see what happens. And then I called her and I put her on speakerphone in the writer's room and I was like, yeah. congrats. And she was like, thank you. We did it. We made history. She said, we made history. Like, we I guess, <laughs> which I don't know what that meant. <laughs> we elected a rich old yeah. white guy. This is the like, first time ever. I'm like, what do you mean you made history? You mean the first orange president, grandma? <laughs> the first, the first zero ever job experience president. I think that's what she meant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first time she felt like she was also the president. She had just yeah. as much uh, ability. Uh, yeah. Well, we, you know, Bernie Sanders lost fair and square to the mm-hmm. very correct Democratic National Committee. Exactly. Great, exactly. great group of people. Love well, them. I just love I just love the idea that like a young a young black kid had the same feeling seeing Obama get elected that my grandmother did when Trump got elected. <laughs> the same just feeling of pride and happiness. I've been ending like other podcasts that I'm on by just saying, um, I just want to say respect the office. He won fair and square. It's not mm-hmm. his fault that the electoral college was created. And- right. And if he's not your president, don't take the stimulus check. <laughs> that doesn't belong to you. All these liberal. Yeah. <laughs> I have some friends who voted for um, 
Joe Biden, I, some, I, I'm sure many more, but only two who had admitted it to me. Uh-huh. And, and they were a whole, their whole thing was like, he's, we just want to beat Trump. And we, every time he talks, he fucks yeah. up. And I sent yeah. it to him. At, like with, He's like, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. I just sent yeah. it to both of them. I'm like, electable guy, huh? Fucking they just psycho. have no sh- do they and do they say anything because it doesn't seem like they have any shame or they get embarrassed or when well, biden loses they're gonna they were just like they were just like lol haha i'm like it's not lol yeah. this guy it's sucks lol yeah and the fact that now the election has to happen online is such a fucking bummer because you you don't have people who are let's be honest great at posting yeah you know right you have no. an entire online army and now we have to sit this one out yeah, it's uh, it's a real bummer. Like, you know, here's, I mean, whatever. We could talk politics. We could get, we'll get past politics. But like, mm-hmm. it's just like Bernie's has an energized base. And say what you want mm-hmm. about Donald Trump, an incredibly energized base. Of course. I don't know anyone who can't wait to vote for mm-hmm. Biden. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't wait to vote for Bernie. I could not I wait to do it. I didn't then. even get to. You didn't. Oh, you guys didn't all even I have, have it. Now is all I have now is my shirt, and my mug, and my lawn sign, and my <laughs> button. I and I my, do. Live, uh, I live next to James Adomian, so I can walk over to yeah. his. I can walk outside and like yell up at his window, and he, he he'll do it for me. Nice. Um, well, that's never happened. I've thought about it before. <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. Uh, okay, but this isn't about um, you and me being bummed about the current political climate during a global pandemic. This is about no. more important subjects. It's about what Mike Racine did before he was a comedian. So Mike Racine, where are you from and what was your first job? Well, my, uh, I'm from New Jersey. Where um, at? So I, uh, Hamilton. I don't know. North or South, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's I like, well, it's like Central. People say there's no Central Jersey, but... There is like you know Princeton and and New Brunswick where Rutgers is. That's all Central Jersey. Yeah, there's they have two good wrestling programs. Do they? Yeah, New Jersey's great at wrestling. Oh, okay. Did yeah. you wrestle? I did. I'm from Iowa, so like it's like all we really have. So it's right. like you know right, right, I right. very much like it. You're just lifting corn from a very young age, like lifting barrels yeah. and stuff. Well, just kind of getting destroyed by other by kids who did do that, and then me being yeah. like, I gotta figure out a way to fight these guys. But you're, you're functionally strong. Sure, sure. Functional strength is important. Yeah. I mean, I could uh, – uh, I'm not actually that strong. I just, was, uh. Uh, I just lost a bunch of weight and it was, it was deathly skinny. But, okay, okay, unimportant. You're from Central Jersey. Yeah. Me and my mother moved a piano a couple weeks ago. I mean, we slid it, but uh-huh. we did move a piano from a room to another room. And I was pretty – impressed with her that she was able to okay i was like you're a mover that you were i was like you were impressed <laughs> yeah. that you moved the piano no i was impressed that she was able to be the other force behind the piano yeah my my mom would do this thing where she grew up on a farm and we would mm-hmm. go to, back to her farm in missouri and then she would just be like well th- these guys can do farm work and i'm like oh, no we can't not compared yeah. to my cousins who are actual farmers that's so funny because my uh my grandmother grew up on a farm too so all her brothers are like um, farmers, they're like farmers, you know, like they're yeah. like Polish farmer. Uh, and, um, yeah. And so they like, <laughs> I don't even think her two of them can read. Um, <laughs> but it was always, it was always very funny and like very culturally shocking to be around them, you know? Yeah. They're just stronger than hell. And you're like, yeah. And also like, like my uncles now are, are older and they're still yeah. the strongest people in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just like the farming strength. Okay. So you're from central Jersey. You're growing up yeah. there. 
So I guess my first job was, um, so I always like wanted to work as a kid. My family is very, uh, they're, I, I, I come from a very like work oriented family mm-hmm. and it's very important. We have this sort of blue cot, like everybody in my family, especially my mom's side, they have this very blue collar mentality where it's like, don't take any handouts. Don't take anything from the government. Don't cash your stim. They, I, my mom kind of said like, don't cash your stimulus check. Like people, she's like people who people who don't need the stimulus check shouldn't be cashing them, Dude, as if I, the government is like you know a family or something, like a family of four. Right. Also, like um, what made me I forget, somebody the other day just told me like because I got a stimulus check and I was just like, oh, I don't really need this. And then I thought about yeah. how um, how Mike Pence flew to the Indianapolis Colts game just to walk out when players kneeled, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. this. I'm yeah. ta- I'm taking the stimulus check. These guys are right. wasting all of our tax money. Right, right, right. And Fuck just them. when you just look at, I know when you start reading about like, especially you know corporate tax breaks. I'm trying to like radicalize my mother because she is like she did work very hard her mm-hmm. whole life. My dad is very much a lost cause because <laughs> my dad's kind of like a very much a capitalist, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but so she's kind of, but, but I find like, if I, I, it's hard to talk to her about politics, but if I do, I just bring up like either Jeff Bezos or the fact that Hillary Clinton eats kids. Right. I I always tell my mom that, um, uh, Bernie Sanders is personally going to come take her knickknacks. Uh-huh. She yeah. thinks that, you know, he's going to take all her money. I'm like, he's going to yeah, show up yeah, at your yeah. door. He's going to want those Boyd's bears figurines. Uh-huh. He, this is what he's gonna. If he, you elect, if we elect him, he's coming to everyone's house. He's mm-hmm. taking everything, and just yeah. to like rile her up. Um, but okay, yeah. so you're growing up in a hardworking family in New Jersey. Um, yeah, and then I always like wanted to work. Um, I always wanted my own job. I wanted my own money. So two of my, so my friend Jason worked at a Japanese restaurant. He was a busboy. There's a restaurant called Bonsai. Um, he was he was a he would bus on Friday and Saturday nights. So he got me a job there. I worked there. Um, for one day, they paid five fifty an hour, uh-huh. and uh, if you stayed till the end of the night, you would get tips. But okay. they just they they worked me so hard <laughs> that I was like, it's eleven o'clock, I have to leave, and I'm not, I can't come back. And then I remember getting like an envelope, like a bank envelope with thirty three dollars in it. Yeah, and my mom was like, no, that's there you go, thirty three dollars. And I Wait, I guess was it cash? Yeah. Oh, at least you got that. I remember. At least yeah, I, I remember my cash. my first check. You know, where I was making five fifteen an hour, and then they took taxes out of my like forty dollars, yeah. so I end up with like twenty nine dollars. Like, what the fuck? I know, and it's such a it's such a shocking moment where you go, oh, some people like have to do this. Some people have to support themselves doing this. Like, I mean, it was hard because yeah, a five hour your first five hour shift as a kid is like a big, it's a big deal. It's mm-hmm. a long time, five it's hours. So fucking long. I would have yeah. my first job was ten hour shifts. Really? Of, uh, of tour of giving tours of a cave, which I talk about constantly. And that uh-huh. meant 20 tours straight. Yeah. And it was, I I've talked about before. I, th- I thought about, I would drive there and I would honestly be, I thought about driving my c- car into a tree to get out of work that day. I'd be like, it would be better mm-hmm. to wreck this car than have to go do this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so- and I, and I think that like, so I've worked at two Japanese restaurants in my life and I think both times, I didn't last very long. I got let go or I quit. What do you mean you know? Japanese? So I've, I don't think I've ever worked. Uh, I mean, do you mean like sushi and like? It was like a hibachi restaurant and then there was sushi downstairs and tatami. It was like the only Japanese restaurant in town. Okay. Um, so there was like hibachi upstairs where they would, you know, put like they would fling shrimp into your 
It's yep. actually kind of fun. No, it's, I did a hibachi grill right before this all closed down. I was in Syracuse yeah. doing uh, shows and yeah. I went with um, the opener, a super fucking rad guy. Uh, Shafi is his name. Um, I forget his last name, but I just remember me and him went to the hibachi and mm. had the fucking best time with like yeah. three other families. Yeah. We all got along, shrimp in the mouth, little kid yeah, had yeah, a yeah. fun drink. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's cool is like, you don't have to do that much. When the guy flings the shrimp at you, you don't have to do much. He's pretty he's, good. He'll get it in good. your mouth. Yeah. You just trust him. You got to trust each other. You know, I, you know, is this don't a try joke? To catch it. No, yeah. is this a joke? The only time it's okay to be racist is if it's a white hibachi grill guy. Um, like if, if a white, if yeah. like a redheaded balding man came out to do my hibachi, yeah. I'd be like, I don't, I don't, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, but then he's got a lot to prove. Oh, yeah. You know? He's got to be the I best. Think, yeah, because, look, I think there's something about, well, I don't know. I worked at one other Japanese restaurant in my life, and I got let go after about a week. And they were very, I mean, they were, like, very rigid. I mean, that's, I think, I don't want to fucking accidentally, like, you know what I mean? I'm just, I've gone... Just, I haven't just, been racist for most of lockdown. This isn't racist, but I think that's a part of their culture where they, where they just care. They they care very much. Yeah, they make good stuff. They hard, take a lot. Of, they take a lot working, of pride in what they do. Like it's not racist to say Japanese culture is hardworking and rigid with the rules. Yeah, that's what right. you're saying. Right. What if and, that gets you? And the that other gets side us of that both coin, canceled. Good. I don't want to be here then. <laughs> <laughs> I want a new job. Okay. The yeah, other side, I think it's. I think it's fine to make observations about culture. You know, yeah, no, absolutely. So, but then they have Mike because I remember the guy who trained me at that restaurant. He, he would get when I would make when I would screw up, he would get so mad. He would, I would see his Adam's apple start vibrating, <laughs> and he'd be like, I don't want to tell you three times. He was like a younger guy, but he was he was just so he would get so pissed when I fucked up. Yeah, I, that's and then he fired me. He, he wasn't the guy, I don't think he was the guy who could, he didn't have authority to fire me. But he like right. let me go. He was like, <laughs> oh, this, you got uh, this not working. Okay. You don't take notes. You don't. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I mean, I like, it's right. pretty it's pretty amazing when you get let go by someone who can't even who can't do it, but you accept yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But that was the only time in my life when I was, I was like, I felt like I was kind of the victim of racism. <laughs> okay, where, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I kind of understood what it's like to be a different race in America. Sure. And I mean, you're probably not wrong because you're walking in there. They're like, who's this fucking white guy? And then you right. also aren't good at your job. They're like, we fucking called it when he walked right. in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then you go, was this because I'm white or because I was an awful worker? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, awful worker. And you're like, it's because I was white. I knew it. It's because I was white, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. But it, it, but it sucks. It feels like so unfair and shitty. And yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure. It's but it was the only time that ever happened to me. Right, right, right. When you when you were a bad worker, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so you work at Bonsai. One day you're excited. You get thirty three dollars. What's your next job that you actually kind of last at? I got thirty three dollars, but I was like, what do I even do with this? I work so fucking hard for this thirty three dollars. And my mom was like, there you go, thirty three dollars. And I guess like, yeah, I'm fourteen, so I don't know. I guess I'll go buy like a choker necklace or something. Or I guess I'll go to the mall. <laughs> And buy some baggy pants. <laughs> Dude, everybody from New Jersey fucking loves malls. Everybody our age from New Jersey is all everything. Is that was, a Jersey thing? Well, I've interviewed so many, so many. There's a lot of comedians from New Jersey, like yeah. a lot, is what I'm finding yeah. out through this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because of um, 
sort of the proximity to New York where it seems attainable to move there. And yeah. also your life was miserable. So you yeah. do want to move there. Right. Uh, and they're all worked in the mall because New Jersey is yeah. just a fucking urban sprawl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my cousin and I used to just go to the mall and just walk to one end and then go down the stairs and walk to the other end. Yeah, no, this is yeah. a new, yeah, it, it, and I'm sure it was very fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Okay, so you're buying choker necklaces, you're 14, you're yeah. quitting. Uh, what happens after that? Uh, the next job I had was, uh, I worked at a Wegmans, and is I that, started that's off. A, that's a grocery store, right? Yeah, it's a nice grocery store. All right. It's a nice one. And it's always, it's like a fortune 500 company to work for. I don't, ha I don't have a lot of like memories about, like, I don't have a lot of like funny stories. I just remember I started off um, doing, doing reshops and bag reshops is like when people return stuff, you put it back on the shelves. Yep. Like, you know, anybody can do it. I started doing reshops and bagging and then I became a cashier. And I think that to this day is the worst job I ever had. It's, it's re it was really hard and it, you're standing there all day and you're on your feet and it's very repetitive and it's like yeah and the line i, I don't brutal. think yeah ron punches did last week and he liked being a cashier because he was a talker and he was doing it yeah like in rural oregon which i think mm -hmm. is a nicer place to do it than like central jersey where people are like what the fuck yeah 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 so, i still remember like some people who were like kind of mean but most most people are like okay yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the rule of thumb. Most people are okay. And yeah. some people are very terrible. Yeah. Well, being a mover is nice because it's like, it's customer service, but you know, you're like an expert who shows up. So if so, you know, it's like, you're handling people's stuff too. And they, they put they have a little more, it's like, yeah. you don't, you don't want to be shitty to your movers cause they're working hard and right. so it's, you're lucky in that way, but so I, you, I would never. Yeah. Well, you worked at a Wegmans. Um, how long did you work there? Like uh, uh, through high school? So I, so I was a cashier. And then when I, I, got, I got moved to the uh, produce, there was an opening in the produce department when oh, I turned 16. Yeah. yeah. So produce was a lot of fun because produce was like, got like blue collar guys yeah. that were my, like career. Yeah. Career produce guys. My college roommate worked in the produce section of fairway restaurant and yeah. he loved it. You just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just talk and shop what Rules, meats yeah. are good. You're yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. out. People are excited. That's the funnest part of the grocery store. Yeah. 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 Plus he would yeah. sneak, he would, we were so broke in college and he would steal meat from his, yeah. And he'd bring it home and he'd cook it in front of, we had three, four guys live in this apartment. He'd cook these amazing steaks. He'd be like, can we have uh -huh. some? He's like, I fucking stole it. You don't get any. And we're like, you stole yeah, yeah. it though. We don't work yeah, at the yeah. meat shop. Right, 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 right. There is a kid. Yeah. So it, so at Wegmans, if you had, if you were 15, you had a pink name tag. If you were uh, 16 or 17, you had a yellow name tag. And if you were 18 or above, you got the silver name tag. So there was a, there was, I, I think I was the only other minor in the department. And there was another kid named Jimmy. He was like a lanky kid, like a lanky, like quiet kid. And I remember I'm just like, I'm in the, <laughs> there was some kind of like, somebody says something about Jimmy, Jimmy like looked sad. And I was like, is everything all right? He just goes, I got a girl pregnant. <laughs> oh, fuck. That and I'm is like, oh. Are you all right? He's like, yeah, she's probably just going to get an abortion. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jimmy. Yeah, that's a, that is such a, that's, that's wild. Yeah. All right, but like I, I wanted to, I wanted to be those guys like really bad. And there was this guy, Pete, who was like, uh, who was this Polish guy. He was like this big, he was like this big Polish guy. And he was like kind of a bully, you know, mm -hmm. he was like, he would kind of like put like, like bully me a little bit. And, uh, but then there was, an, there was another guy, 
uh, Jim, who was like this, it was like his second job. So Jim would come, Jim would work the night shift and he yeah. would just kind of like, he was he was like the coolest guy because he would just he like didn't work very hard and he would just cut lettuce and it's funny because the next place that I worked shop right there was a version of Jim his name was Bill and it was like similar like almost the same guy right like just kind of like didn't work that hard like st- stood in the back cut lettuce didn't let anyone tell him what to do <laughs> you know like didn't answer to any authority kind of an overweight like middle aged guy with a couple kids and it was his, yeah. you know his second job and and uh but Bill. Bill was like a crazier version of Jim. Like Bill was like, yeah. Oh man. I love serial killers. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. I love man. John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy, Ed Gain. Can't get enough. It's, I love so, cereal. it's so wild how when, when you were 16 working yeah. at these jobs, there are 52 year old men talking to you like you're 52. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, great because. No, I, not, I love not, it. But like, it's like, Man, that guy was telling me about how he got laid last night. I, yeah, I still, yeah, yeah. I'm a sophomore in high school. <laughs> right, right, right. He's so, cheating so, on his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Pete was this uh, Polish guy. And I remember, like, I was cutting watermelon. And he was like, you're cutting the watermelon wrong, you dumbass. Like, he, would, he was, like, kind of a bully. But I think he was just, that was just how he acted with people. I don't think it was personal. Right. But I just remember one time, like, something happened. And Pete sprayed the hose. And then and the ho- water went everywhere. And the guy, Jim, just goes, you dumb fucking Polak. (laughs) It was cool that, like, this guy who was kind of a bully to me was just, like, being sort of dressed down by this other guy. He was like, you dumb fucking Polak. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best when your boss fucks up. I got, that's why I got fired from a job one time. Well, fired, quit. Is my, I was carrying a sliding glass door down a hill and, my boss wrenched it out of my hands because he said I was going to break it. Then he tripped and it broke on him. Great. And I just awesome. fucking started dying laughing. And you laughed, yeah. Yeah, it was so hard. He was like, go home. And I was like, I don't want to come back. And then I was like, yeah. it was glorious. This is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like, I, like I wish that I kind of knew more. Because I, I, I got sent out of the produce department. The guy who managed the department was like this guy, Charlie, who was, uh, it was just this like little – he was just a little guy. And, you know, to be fair, I probably didn't, I probably didn't work hard enough, but I was also going to school. So I was like going to school, going to Wegmans afterwards. So I was like going to school, working five hour shifts, you know, three days a week, yep. work on the weekend. So, so I remember I, I, I got to a point in 11th grade where I was like, this is like too much. I need to cut back on my hours. Yeah. And it's weird when, when you do that as a kid, like you go, listen, like I'm going to school, I'm doing extracurricular stuff. I got to cut my hours back. They get like annoyed with you. They're like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because like I, I was doing I was in a play I was in a school play and right. I was like I can only work a few days a week because I have play practice and he sent so Charlie sent me back to front end to be a cashier oh well that's a nightmare and yeah. I was like no I want to be in produce I would I would go back to produce tomorrow I think yeah because it was such a great like group of guys that work in the produce department yeah and your people are happy there they're still shopping you they're not now, when you're the cashier, they're at the light at the end of the tunnel. They want to get out of there. But produce, yeah. they're excited. They are, yeah. they, you're an, you go from being an expert in the produce yeah. section to yeah. just a way for them to get out. So the, yeah. the, the mentality must be completely different. I remember, it's different, it, yeah. I remember when I worked at Papa John's in high school, they would schedule me Friday and Saturday to close. That's still yeah. 2 in the morning. I'm 16. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are blowing up my whole fucking weekend. weekend I don't yeah. want to do this. I have two they days off. Yeah, yeah they and they're care. like, they're like, there's the shift we don't want. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys. 
understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, they do that. They do that when you're in high school because they're like, oh, like you got to – there is there is. I think there's like a bitterness, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it sucked, man. I, remember like, I, I just want to be in the school play. Like I just want to have a normal high school experience. You don't think that you're a kid – like you don't realize that you're a kid when you're in high school, right? No, like, no. You're a kid, but you, f- you kind of feel like an adult yeah. and you're making money and you have responsibility and you're like getting girls pregnant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah um okay so you so you work there you get moved back up to cashier sounds like you, you finally quit i i get moved to cashier and i'm like i can't do this 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 sucks i, I don't want to be here but that, there was a shop right that was opening see wait time out this, yeah. this is how i feel about california to new york i yeah. uh lived in chicago that was a little bit cashiery yeah then i move out to california it's like i'm in the produce department then mm-hmm. i moved to new york back in the cashier. I don't like it there. I'm like, I like seen, you didn't, yeah, I didn't, you didn't like didn't New York like, at all. I did not like How New long York. How were you in New York? Only like a year and a half, but I was, it was just, yeah. So, I was also getting my dick kicked in on a TV show. So that yeah, didn't yeah, help. Yeah. But, uh, Right. It just was like I like. I heard. The I heard there's section. a TV show. I heard there's a TV show where it's not a very pleasant place to work. Right. Yeah. And you add that in with uh, you live in a hallway uh, yeah. versus a really nice uh, apartment on a hill yeah. in your old city. Right. Uh, so I was. Just I heard like, the creator of that show eats eight babies with Jeffrey Epstein. I'm just saying that's what I heard. <laughs> Look, man, I don't even know what show you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Right. Okay. okay. So, but I'm saying I like the produce. I'm trying to live my life in the produce section now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! Hold on, I gotta upgrade this thing. I didn't know I. I That's okay. If you want, we can finish this over the phone. I don't. I guess my. Well, I'll just do this right now. It'll take one second. All right. Uh, Okay. So I just upgraded my Zoom. We're back with Racine. Um, Not that you guys. I guess I didn't need to explain that. It jumped straight to now. (laughs) I cut it. And uh, okay. Okay. So you're working at. You leave Wegmans. You go to the shop right because you can't be a cashier anymore. Yeah, well, I can't be, I can't work in produce, but so they were opening a new shop, But I'm right? saying, because they move you up to a cashier, you're like, I don't want to do this again. Yeah, oh yeah, I can't be it, yeah. No, it sucks. Yeah. I don't know how people, I don't know how people do it. Also, people now in this, in the, you know, pandemic. I think that's the worst, that's probably the worst, because you're so close to everybody. So close to everybody, it's wild. And I mean, like, yeah. these are like, they, this, these people fucking rule, because that, the grocery store is the only place that is jammed, man. You guys have, yeah. li- I'm sure you guys have lines in New York before you There's go. lines, yeah. But I, I've been going to the, my move is I go to the store, at like there's a 24-hour grocery, so I go at like two in the morning. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's great. Okay, so you, you go into the ground floor of this brand new shop, right? So there's a brand new shop, right? So, but it was funny because, so I wanted to like work in produce, but it was funny because Wegmans is kind of like an upscale grocery store. Like it's nice, you know, yeah. they just opened one in New York. And I always go when I go home to visit my parents. And uh, I remember like, as soon as I went to the job fair at ShopRite, I remember thinking like, okay, there's a little bit of a different vibe at, at this one. Yeah. ShopRite is like nice and you, they, they do have a lot of good sales, but it is kind of like, a, I mean, I don't want to say seedy, but it's like not as nice of a grocery store. So they were opening um, world-class ShopRites where they had like more stuff. They have like an olive bar and a cheese selection and shit like that. But it's like, it's like still ShopRite, you know, yeah. it's like uh it's like when that girl from high school like gets her shit together. <laughs> right, right. You know? She's still, I, 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 still at a wedding, she'll, you know, revert back to her old ways. Like Yeah. It's like was- when your uncle starts taking online classes or something. <laughs> it's like that's basically 
I don't know. There was always something kind of like seedy because, because Wegmans, I mean, like the guys that worked at Wegmans were, you know, they were obviously like blue collar guys that got right. girls pregnant and called people Pollocks, but there, what it, it just felt like it was a little classier. Like it was a little harder to, to work there, you okay. know? Yeah. It was a little more cream of the crop of, of grocery store uh, employees, right? <laughs> okay. So, so I got a shop right and I'm like, ah, it's kind of like a different vibe here. You know, they're a little more, the, the management was a little more strict and um, it was just kind of like, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is fine. I, and like, like similar cast of characters in the produce mm-hmm. department, the manager, actually, it was almost the same department because the manager was this guy, Joe Scully, who was like a little, a little man who was mean. He yeah. was like, he was like this little guy who was like, really, he seemed, he seemed okay when I got the job there. And then he was, he just, he was a fucking, such a dick. And, um, one day he, uh, he collapsed cause he like never ate. He would just come in and work and smoke cigarettes and he like, he had a fucking runner full of mangoes and he just collapsed. <laughs> What's a runner full of mangoes? Just like, you know, those uh, run those U-boat things. Uh, no, like, those, uh, like those carts, those big carts, they're like long and skinny and they have a U on the front and back. Oh, okay. So just like people. A, yeah, big cart like full of to stock the shelves. Yeah, yeah, okay. He just collapsed on he's it? He like collapsed into it. I, I just, I'm <laughs> walking, there's like a pile of mangoes in the... Uh... <laughs> but it's, it's funny to, to think back on, to think back on like that world and the way that people interacted with each, with each other and talked to each other and how people interact, especially in like the world of show business where everything is kind of, you know, like everything's it, real tight and buttoned up and you know everyone's yeah. afraid they're going to get canceled it's just funny to think of the stuff that people would say to each other like for example the, the, so there was a there was an assistant manager there this guy steve who was like he was like this kind of overweight like dirtbag but he ended up being sort of like you know my like my my guy my right yeah my I mean, mentor you, i'll say we all, yeah you all, we all like when we're young like there's a there is a dirtbag with a little soft spot and we are oh, you gravitate towards that guy you know like yeah He'll, he's yeah. like the one guy who isn't like, did you fuck anybody this weekend? I want to hear right. about it. He's just I, like, I just need Like, I think at that point in my life, I needed like a 36 year old guy to teach me how to eat pussy. <laughs> and that's what he was. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds like a right? good guy. So, yeah. Right. So, so there, so one day we go out to do the garbage and I, I thought of this cause I want to tell the story on this, on the show. So, so we, we go out to like take out the garbage and it's me and Steve and this, the guy, this guy, Dave, who worked in receiving, who was like probably in his early thirties. And he was like in desert storm. He like looked like he was in desert storm, like right. kind of, you know, like kind of a jacked guy who like, you know, um, he like he kind of managed the back the back of the store anyway so we got to do the garbage and like it's me steve and dave and steve and dave just start uh like joking around about on about like how they're gonna rape me they're like okay steve's like you ever see them hey he's like he's like hey michael you ever see the movie deliverance <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do to you what they did to that guy in deliverance oh and they're like God. laughing they're like laughing about i'm like a 17 year old kid you know yeah. and they're like laughing about how they're going to rape you. How they're going to rape me. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, um, yeah, don't do that. That'd be, yeah, that'd be yeah, awful. Yeah. That'd really yeah. be awful. <laughs> right. And I remember thinking like, I, I, yeah, I guess this is funny. I mean, it didn't like bother me or anything, but right. I, it, it's just funny that that's, that was the conversation because I, you could, you know. I remember often um, just thinking, I want to be an adult so I can treat kids my age better than this really yeah yeah like in my yeah. work environments i would just like i really just want to be nice to kids 
Because yeah. these guys are so mean. I got choked yeah. off a bike one time by a, a delivery guy at Papa John's. Uh-huh. And I was just like, another ah. a, Like a rival delivery guy? No, no, no. Like, it was just his bike, and he loved it, and I hopped on it, and it mm-hmm. snapped because he was a meth addict, and mm-hmm. he was like 45, and I was 16, and he lifted yeah. me up by my neck. And I was like, yeah. I, I didn't like that. I, I really yeah, didn't yeah. like that a lot. So yeah. I was like, I want to be, but no one said anything because they're all scared of this guy. I was like, I wish someone here was like, that was actually really crazy how he just mm-hmm. picked up that kid by his neck yeah, because he was riding a bike. Right. But like, I guess that is kind of what happens though, because you you end up working with yeah people who do this as a career and you're like, I'm just here to make some money to go to the right. mall with my, you know? Yeah. I didn't understand that his bike was the one that like, it's uh it was, it's like handlebars were like uh, chain links, you know, uh-huh. like one of those. It was like, uh, like, uh, I guess a special bike. I don't fucking yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to choke anybody off it, but I just, just remember really like, like, hey, get off my, yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't do that. I'll burn you with the cigarette. I respect that more than uh, choking. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. So you're, it's funny how you never forget stuff like that. No, you don't forget stuff like that. Or you don't, you don't forget like the really, the crazy shit. When you shit got that on Saturday Night Live, did you call him and you were like, hey, by the way, buddy, I just want to let you know. Oh, he's been dead for 35 years. Is probably. he dead? I yeah. don't know, but I, he's Pro- gotta probably. be. He's yeah. gotta be. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so you worked there. When do you start deciding to leave Central Jersey? Um, well, I went to school in North Jersey. I went to college. I didn't really want to go, but my parents, uh, Which school did you go, go to? to college. I went to Montclair state. Okay, cool. So that's like Essex County, like Sopranos country kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of cool. Like when I watch Sopranos, I go, Oh, I, you know, oh, I've been there. I know where yeah, that is. It's exciting. You know? It's, it yeah. is, uh, man. Well, you know what? We have the opposite in Iowa because we only uh, have one thing, the field of dreams. And I had to like build okay. houses next to it. And I fucking hated it because yeah. it has, it has this slogan, which it's on every goddamn bumper sticker in Iowa. Sure. Because it's from the movie. It says, is, is this heaven? And Kevin Costner goes, no, mm. it's Iowa. Mm, and it like, it gives everybody in Iowa, makes them think that Iowa's good. I'm like, it's not good. Did right. he move here? Does right, Kevin right, right. Costner live in Dyersville? No, he right. doesn't. This right. place sucks. I hate that they made it seem cool. Mm-hmm. Also, I went to Iowa for the first time actually this this year right before lockdown I had a show out there I'd never been before where it, it kind of is like the most uh where the fuck Des Moines Des Moines I did a club there's a little club called uh it's a bad name for a club Teehees oh yeah I don't know it uh I, I, I did I, two shows yeah it was fun I mean Des Moines is like I get mad about Des Moines on this podcast a lot because because uh, mm-hmm. I'm like dude I fucking wish I grew up in Des Moines mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a city I grew it's up a city, in yeah. bad Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, d- but Iowa's funny because because uh, Iowa has a connotation of like uh, we we all like it here. Like Ohio, you know, everybody who lives in Ohio hates it, and they're full of like Midwestern rage. Right. But I think Iowa, Iowa sort of conveys like we like it. I mean, I don't know that much about it, but that's yeah, just kind I, of the impression that I got. I don't know. The people I got along with really didn't like it. We yeah. all agree that we need to, we need to scoot. But yeah. I also have family who lives there and fucking loves it. Uh, yeah. And they have big-ass houses and they have great jobs. And, and I, I totally understand why they would enjoy that and see my life in my apartment in Los Angeles and be like, well, I would hate that. So yeah. it makes sense either way. Um, yeah. I, I was eating at a – so there was a gro- – like I was staying with friends and there was a grocery store nearby that also they serve food. So I would go there to eat every day. Yeah, you're like, talking about a high V. You're talking about a high V. Maybe. No, you know, are. It sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah it's great. Okay, but great I mean, the food's salad. very good. No, it's awesome. Tortilla soup. They had a tortilla soup. Hell yeah. 
anyway, so there was, so there's this table of uh, people probably in their sixties and they all sit down and they're, and they're, they're, they have glasses of wine. So it must've been like their night out or something. Yep. Anyway, the, the one, I hear the one guy go, I'd like to propose a toast. And this was March. So it was before, you know, Bernie dropped out or anything. He goes, right. I want to propose a toast to Ann because she called who the democratic nominee was going to be months ago. Yeah. Said, yeah. Nice job. Good job. Ann. you really, uh, you really picked them. You know, the, 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 the guy who was polling pretty much ahead the entire time. Right. Yeah. Wow, you're like a clairvoyant or something. Yeah. So that's it. Well, also Iowa like is really, it it's, gets heavily fucked up every four years because that's where the first caucus and primary is. Yeah. And so like every four years, it's just like destroyed with politicians. And then they, you uh-huh. know, then they quickly leave and forget and hate everyone who they said they love. Sure. Um, okay, so nice little Iowa tangent. I enjoy visiting yeah. now, only now that I've had enough space from it. But yeah, of course. Uh, okay, so you're in North Jersey. You're going to college. What are you doing for money? Are you starting to dabble? When do you start thinking about stand up? Yeah, that's when I. Uh, I always. I guess I always wanted to do stand up. I mean, I did my first open mic at 15 at a Panera Bread. What? Um, yeah, there was like a Panera Bread in Princeton, actually in the same shopping center that the Wegmans was in. Whoa. You know, like, yeah, me and my friends went. I mean, it's like kind of a generic, like my first time on stage story. It's no, like, sure, but but it's not generic because it was in a Panera Bread. Yeah, and there were people doing like slam poetry yeah. at this open mic night, and there were like kids eating dinner. And I remember this girl. This girl goes up and starts like reading a poem about how she like blew a guy or something. There's like, <laughs> like families eating dinner. Yeah. Oh man, um, there was a guy who uh, got banned from Penguins, which is the club I started out in Cedar Rapids, and he started wow. the um, blacklisted open mic night awesome. across the street in a Quiznos. Ooh, misfit. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was in a Quiznos the same night, same time as yeah. the Penguins open mic. I was like, yeah. wow. You and are some Quiznos. Some Quiznos employee has to like be there and open the store and just listen to uh, like oh, abortion jokes for like yeah. th- literally three hours oh, of just man. banned. Uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was. Great. Yeah, we don't really play by the rules here. Yeah, you know? the blacklisted <laughs> night, but I will have uh, the Baja Chipotle uh, six yeah. inch, please. Um, yeah, okay, not, not tipping. Yeah. So you knew uh, that you loved comedy super young. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, fifteen yeah, I years thought... old is wild. Well, yeah, I just wanted to do it. I guess when I was 11, I like, I don't know, I was kind of a serious kid. And then I saw a Mel Brooks movie at 11. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I like fell in love with comedy. Sure. And, so you're, uh, you're a regular Pete Davidson. Um, yeah, I guess. I just didn't have the, for- the fortune of, you know, my father being killed in 9-11 oh and being handed God. a career. Oh, my God. But, uh, that's what happened. He's a sweet boy. No, he uh, is, no he's, a, he's a, a real funny comic, too. Yeah, no, he's we're, great. We're friends. Yeah, we're. Friends. I know you're friends, but my listeners don't know that. But I'm saying, wouldn't you trade your father's life for his career? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Uh, no. Okay, we're gonna move on. That would All be right. so cool if my dad was killed in 9/11. Oh, it's just my dad doesn't wouldn't have the stones to be a fireman. <laughs> that's a good. I mean, that's a that's an appropriate take. Um, yeah. Okay, so. You move there. You go to college. What are you going to college for? Uh, acting. Really? So, yes. I was there for two years. Anyway, long story short, I really didn't like college. I was taking acting classes. Didn't like it. Really didn't like theater people. To this day, still don't, don't really get along with theater people uh, mm-hmm. too well. But um, at, that was my sort of foray into the world of uh, sales. So I'm glad okay. we got to talk about this because I started. Yeah. Um, so after, so I left. 
I forget why I left ShopRite. I think I just, I just think I just quit one day. I got sick of it. And I was like, I don't really want it. And I think maybe I was, my grades were suffering because I was like, you know, working, working too much. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my parents might've made me quit. I, fr- I honestly forget why I quit. But anyway, so then, so then a couple months later, I was like, I need a job. And there was a company called Home Fix that was a uh, window and siding company. And I became a canvasser for Home Fix. So I went door to door and basically I would go door to door and I was like, uh, I'd be like, hey, I noticed you got the original windows on your house. We're just, you know, giving everybody estimates on the block. I was wondering if I could sign you up. We'll come by tomorrow. I'll give you an estimate on your windows. The estimate's good for a whole year. Um, and then what I would do is I would set those people to be uh, in a in a two to three hour uh, sales pitch. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is sales guys. Yeah. yeah I would lie to them. But yeah, I, felt, yeah. I remember like feeling really good about myself that I could do that, <laughs> that I could like go door to door and make a living because I worked on straight commission. So it was, I would get $135 for every appointment that I set up. Okay. So some days, you know, you, you go out for two hours, you set, you set up three appointments and they all go out. If the salesman just has to make a pitch for you to get paid. Uh huh. So if you make a pitch that this guy makes, he doesn't even have to sell, you get 135 bucks. Right. So there's some, so I'm making like 400 bucks a day. Some, sometimes. Yeah. As a, you know, 19 year old kid, which is incredible. Yeah, some days you make nothing, so it's like weird to think you're like, oh, that day I made, you know, I made six hundred bucks. Oh, that day I made nothing. That day I made one thirty-five. Right. So I'm just driving all over New Jersey. Sometimes it's dark out. I'm knocking on doors and you know, yeah, people. And uh, it was it was definitely. I'm I'm like glad I did that because the I don't have you ever worked any kind of like sales job? Uh no, I've never ever worked uh, in the service industry or or with sales. I've just like. Papa John's, I just made the pizzas. Uh, yeah. I mean, I gave tours, but like, that's not, yeah. I've never had to sell anybody on anything. And I think I would, I think that's good because I'm way too much of a puss. And I would just be like, do you look, I hate to bug, but do you yeah, make, yeah, yeah. and they'd be like, oh, I can walk right over this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also a pussy, but I don't know. I just kind of like, I just let that go. Cause I was like, I have to make this work. Right. And then my parents were encouraging cause they they just saw me making money and they're like, mm-hmm. You know, they didn't realize that I was working for, I don't want to say a shady company because they were, you know, pretty good to me. But right. the world of sales is very interesting. Like one of the ma- one of the canvassing managers was this guy, Nick, who was like a 21-year-old kid. Drove a- That's really, I mean, I was like 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. But 21 is like really young to be driving a BMW and like going into people's houses and selling them thousands of dollars worth of uh, windows and siding. Yeah, that's wild. That's, yeah. I mean, you see that, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, I was like, you're so cool. Exactly. They would, and they would all, all the guys would like cheat on their girlfriends like constantly oh, and, no, you know, yeah. brag about it. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah I was, I, you get put in like, you know, when you're working in these jobs as a little kid, you get put around some real scumbags that you're like, I don't feel yeah. great about this, but I'll listen to your story. Or you're like, I feel great about this. You are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> are those Oakley sunglasses? Oh, no. <laughs> you're awesome. Dude, and you oh just don't God. have a sense of right and wrong, really. No, you're like, yeah. yeah, this is just how the world works. Yeah, exactly. Insane. Yeah. Uh, so you're door to door. Any, any, and this is Sopranos country. Do you ever get chased mm-hmm. off? Anybody like, get the fuck out of here. I got, you know, or any of that? Um, yeah, once in a while, somebody would be like, hey, do you have a permit? And they would, you know, you just kind of like mouth off and keep walking. Some, yeah, yeah. Once in a while, you know, they call the cops and then like, yeah, the cops show up and they're, and they're like, uh, they're like, ah, oh, you guys got to go. You don't have a permit. We right. never had permits because we just, you know, it was like whatever. Yeah, and you're white, so you're all good. You're good to go. When the cops come up, they'll just ask, they'll go. ask you to. Leave. They'll be politely, "Could you leave, sir?" 
Yeah. Well, my best friend LJ worked that job too. And he said he was in a neighborhood one time canvassing and uh, that we, there's a, there's a suburb called Willingboro in Jersey. And he said like some guy, some older guy drives up to the canvassers and he's wearing like a world war II veteran hat. He's like driving uh-huh. a Buick and he rolls down the window and he's like, he's like, um, Hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, Oh, we're just selling uh we're just signing people up for free estimates for windows and siding. And, uh, and he said, he, he, he thought the guy was going to be like, you know, do you have a permit or whatever? And he goes, right. he said, the guy just goes, Oh, okay. Cause you know what this is, don't you? This is a colored neighborhood. <laughs> oh my God. He's like, you might want to, you got to be careful, especially when you got a pretty girl like that. Oh <laughs> gosh. No. Like, yeah. 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 So, yeah. He, so. Well, I don't know what I, yeah. compelled me to tell that story. Well, but. I mean, it compelled you to tell it because uh, it's just, you know, a racist old guy that's on the lookout yeah. for other white people. What a nice, right. cool guy. But what's fun, but it, it, Willingboro is like a pretty affluent middle class suburb. Right. That just happens to be predominantly uh, African American. Right. Um, okay. So w- you leave school. When do you get, how do you get to New No, no. I mean, it's <laughs> just right, about, right, right. It's about a right. shitty old white guy. Uh, yeah. So. When do you leave New York to, I mean, when do you leave Jersey and go into New York and start hitting? So I dropped out of college, like it, and I moved to New York in uh, November, 2007. Okay. And uh, just, um, yeah, found a room in Bushwick. um, And uh, the second day I just went out looking for work. I had a resume and I, I got hired at Caroline's actually as a doorman. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. And I I, I guess. I I liked Caroline's when, uh, before I realized I didn't have to do it. Yeah. My, so well, my fiance worked there for 10 years. That's where we met. Yeah. I was just like, well, you know, I like Caroline's when I would come visit, you know, cause yeah. I didn't know about, about the whole amazing other shows, you know? Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and then when right, I right. did, you know, then I do Littlefields and I'm like, Oh, oh, oh whoa, I like this room. This is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's such a weird, it's a very weird place to work. It's very kind of like, it's a little, if you work there, it's a little, I mean, I don't know. It's it just seems like it's not a great it's not it's not a great place to work. People who right. work there don't seem to no, like it or last very no. long. No, it's also I mean it's, it's club. not it's not the club's fault. It's also my fault. The reason I don't love Caroline's is I'm not selling tickets to people who want to go to Times Square. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, so that's no, but that's you might but me. you might get to a point. But you might get to that point. In your, you're you're oh. going to get to that point. In your, you know what I mean? I would I would I would hope so. I really hope yeah. so. But like that's why I'm saying like Littlefield is more my where I can sell yeah, some yeah, tickets. Yeah. So that's where I like it. But yeah. um, but I would walk over to Caroline's from Thirty Rock and just like watch right, right when I moved there, mm-hmm. and I was I was loving it. So what's it like? Yeah. So I worked in a comedy club, but I worked in Penguins, which is not uh-huh. exactly Caroline's. It's in Cedar yeah. Rapids, Iowa. I'm the sound guy. What was it like uh-huh. working as a door guy when you want to be a comedian? Did you have to do the? Did you have to pass out the fucking pamphlets? What's that called? Barking? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I just kind of opened the door for people. I mean, I was only there for three months. It was cool. It was like, I think it was a great introduction to New York City and New York comedy because I got yeah. to meet a lot of comics through there. And then also after I left, I was able to come back and like watch shows. So if like David Tell was, you know, headlining, I would I could sit in on, this, on his. Yeah, show. it's so, so fun cool. when you got that free pass into a comedy club. When you're a new comic, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like exciting. You're like, yeah, I know the people who work here. It's so, it's, that's really cool feeling yeah yeah but three months in i was like i gotta i gotta get out of here but i was 20 when i got that job so and apparently idris elba worked as the doorman there too oh really yeah idris elba and one like an actor from sopranos this guy uh robert funaro worked at the i mean a, it makes sense it's like uh i, I know steve Byrne worked there because he just like started at, at like central park and just walked his way down applying everywhere and then yeah he got a job there it's a good night job if you're an actor because you get to you know 
Yeah, and also like you know, they have great comedians. It's yeah. not like you're working at a shitty club. Whoever's headlines, yeah. pretty fucking good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you work there and you're an open mic and you're starting to meet like all of our mutual friends who are the fucking best, Kevin Barnett, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like what happens from there? Like what? Uh, where do you work after that? Um, after that, it was restaurants for a little bit. So so after that, I kind of went into a period of uh, so. I think my first year in New York was kind of tough because I was just like a 21-year-old kid just, you know, like renting a room and trying to make comedy work. Right. Like, I think I – I don't know. I might have moved to New York, like, too young. I, I, like, I don't well, know. I moved there I when I was – I wanted to be there. I moved there when I was 27 with a uh-huh. nice job, and it was yeah. still overwhelming. Overwhelming, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, dude, I'm not ready. I, this city's beat – it beat the shit out of me. It does beat the shit out of you, but then once you get like you're once you're there for a little bit, you're kind of like the dog from Oliver and Company, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. That's turns exa- you into- <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Like I was just like, you know, I would talk. I was just like, I hate it here, and you, yeah. you like legitimate New York comics are like, yeah, you're soft. I'm like, you goddamn right, I'm soft. You guys are hard. I don't want to get hard like you. Right, right, right. I don't want to be right because it's funny, like doing a comedy festival and uh, <laughs> comics from other cities, like, oh, it's the New York. I remember Carl Hess being like, oh, the New York guys, you yeah. know, like, oh, and I man. remember having, I remember like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, well, I remember what are you I, trying to say, Carl. I, I, I did the <laughs> fucking Carl. I'm mad yeah, at Carl. You run right into now. him. Well, I, I literally am in a, t- I'm in a, I'm, I told Carl today, I'm taking a Carl break, taking a week right. off Carl. He's, he's my best friend. He went camping yeah. at the spot that I showed him without me. I'm mad, but um, it's mm. very petty, but here's a, here's a real thing was that he, happened. So, he, was he taking a woman there or something? No, he went with our other I'm friend. Fighting. I was very steamed with him. Um, mm. Okay. So we went, when I did the South beach comedy festival, it was like me, uh, Sean Donnelly, Che, uh, yeah. Chris Stefano and uh, me and Sarah Tiana. Um, and it was outside South Beach. None of us had gotten any credits yet. And yeah. uh, Stefano murders, yeah. uh, Che murders, uh, fucking Donnelly murders. And then I go up with my stories yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. about growing up. I fucking eat it so bad. And then I got off and like, um, I think it was Sean O'Connor was like, that's, that's what New York comedy is. They, those guys are killers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is that stand up is over now. So all the, <laughs> the thing that we've worked on forever is done, and we yeah. have to figure out something else. And I think for me, it's going to be like building closets and uh, <laughs> junk removal. There's a lot of money in picking up garbage. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a lot of it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, I mean, New York comics are just better at stand up. But I think LA, I, I, I like a mix of everything. But yeah. I moved to New York thinking I was good at stand-up. Then I went to uh-huh. the stand and I was like almost booed off. I was like, whoa, that was mean. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, well, I it's got- funny being in LA too. Like, you know, you do a lot of shows in LA and you watch a few comics. And there, obviously there's a lot of great comics that live in LA, but you know, sometimes you see some yeah. LA I- You go, is it is all just high kicks and like energy? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, is this performance art or stand-up? What are we doing here? Yeah. Um, but either care. way, I, by, by the time I left New York, I felt much better about like, I, it just makes you tighter. You become a tighter comedian in New York city because people right. are, are less inclined to watch you try things. So like, it better right. be, I fucking paid money versus right, here. Right, they're right. all free shows better work, and they're just yeah. hoping that goddamn, um, I don't know. Dane Cook is on the lineup. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So now you're, you're, you're I don't you're, miss it. That's why I'm thriving actually. Cause I haven't done stand up in two months. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm enjoying myself uh yeah i'm just i'm mostly just annoyed i i uh 
did I had a, was going to shoot a special April second, and oh, cool. I'm just a, a, I would have totally retired if yeah. if I had gotten that thing on tape. I would have been like, well, I did it. I'm done. Yeah, I don't have I'm to done. write anything new. Yep. And now I'm like, I gotta do that so that I can at least retire off that. Um, okay, so now you're fucking around. You're working restaurants. Um, when, when, yeah, so that, this was like the period of my life where I got fired from like a string of jobs. I don't know what happened, but I like worked at Carol, like worked at Caroline's left Caroline's worked at Ruby Tuesday in Times Square, got fired for eating like mini burgers that somebody sent back to the kitchen. Um, <laughs> and the way I ate it too was very like that. I should, like, I should have been fired cause I got soda from the soda fountain, like sat down at a booth and ate the burgers <laughs> very defiantly. And I remember my manager there, he was this, he was this guy, his name was lawyer. And he was like, uh, he was, he was Wait, like, tell he like, your manager at Ruby Tuesday's name was lawyer. Yeah. He was a black guy named lawyer. But I'm just saying like his parents named him lawyer hoping. And then he was know. a Ruby Tuesday's, which is nothing wrong Probably. with that. But it's just but funny if that they're like, <laughs> if we name him lawyer, he'll be a lawyer. He's like, no, I want to be a well, Ruby you think Tuesday's. That was their thing. You think that was their thinking? Yeah. I, I don't know how he spelled it. I don't know how he spelled it, but he was like this. Uh, yeah. He was like this pretty chill, like black guy who like liked me and wanted me to like succeed. And right. he like pulled me aside one time and he was like, I was like, yeah, sorry. He's like, you keep eating food that, that's coming back to the kitchen. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm, I'm just hungry. Because they didn't give you a, a, a shift meal, which was kind of shitty. Like every other restaurant, every other restaurant job, they give you like chicken and rice or something, you know, yes. for your shift. Yeah. Ruby Tuesday would give you, four, they would give you 40% off, 40 or 60% off. Anyway, a burger at that time, this was 2007, a burger still ended up being like eight bucks, eight or nine bucks, which was, which is more, which was more expensive than what you would pay for like halal or something, right? Right. So I just remember thinking like, this is bullshit. You should be feeding me. Um, and I, and I, and then, so lawyer was like, listen, Mike, if you're hungry, like, just let me know, I'll buy you a meal or something. He's like, you don't have to eat food. that's coming back to the kitchen. He's like, you don't have to eat food. that's coming back to the kitchen. This is, you know, when I'm very young, he's like, I'll buy you a meal. And I'm like, all right, all right, cool. And then like the next day I'm just eating a mini burger. And then he was like, so disappointed when he, I owe this man an apology because he was so disappointed when he like had to let me go. He's like, Mike, I think it's just time. Like we got to part ways. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I, 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 st I remember stealing, I would steal liquor from there. Yeah. I was just kind of the worst employee, but I don't know. I didn't, but also fuck, fuck that. Fuck corporate uh, chain food. Oh, a hundred percent. Garbage. Absolutely. Uh, I would love to see that place. Because I went back to eat there recently. Their food is tra it's trash. <laughs> I wouldn't feed it to my dog. <laughs> Fuck them. I, I just remember they had like bottomless um, like uh, strawberry Salad bar? lemonades. I thought bottomless it was like, strawberry lemonades, yeah. And I, was, I thought that was fucking. And I remember where one, one came to Dubuque where I lived. And it was exciting whenever yeah. like a new restaurant would come. And we automatically assumed since it was new, it was upscale. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, they like, rebranded in like 2007. Uh, yeah, I don't. I just remember really digging the strawberry lemonades. Um, okay, so but and then the you salad bar's trash too. <laughs> the takedown, a corporate takedown. All right, yeah. but now we need to start wrapping up to where. But you get you have, right. you do you I'll do finish. the the no you do the rare thing where you move to New York young and actually yeah. do get really good at comedy and then have success go on Conan and do the half hour and all that. That's How does that yeah. end up happening? That, that I think that ended up happening because so so after Ruby Tuesday I had a string where I got fired from every restaurant I got fired from a barbecue restaurant for not showing up they didn't right. really pay me though I got fired <laughs> from the Japanese restaurant for yeah. just not giving a shit 
uh, and not being Japanese. And then, and then I think in, in, in 2009, um, Andy Haynes was working for a moving company and he, yeah. had, he brought me on as a helper. I mean, he has, Andy Haynes' reach is far in this podcast that I have done. Like oh, so really? many people have worked this moving situation that Andy Haynes yeah. had set up. Yeah. Well, Andy like got me into it. So I remember in 2009, we did, we started doing these van jobs together and then from there now moving. So, so most of, so a lot of my like day jobs in New York have been like driving trucks, moving junk removal. And that actually has, I've been very lucky with that. That's, that's a nice, that's a nice, stable, flexible living. I mean, it does kick your ass, but that's sort of kind of like, I guess where super flexible, it's perfect for a standup. Right. And if, if this is a story about like, you know, my life before stand up, I, I, I think moving is like the happy ending, believe it or not. Yeah. When I finally found that because, you know, the, the hourly rates a little higher and people respect you a little more and it's flexible. And yeah, you get to drive around the city, see the city and you, you do feel like you're offering a service because moving is so stressful for people. Right. Right. So. So but that's kind of, I guess that's where that story ends with Andy. No. Although Andy, fuck him, because we were doing a job together one time and okay. Andy broke a table. Uh-huh. This is how crazy Andy is. Like, I, I owe him a lot for getting me into moving. However, we were doing a job right before he moved to LA in like 2012 and Andy broke a table and like convinced me that I broke it. He was like, <laughs> you broke the table. And I was like, I don't think I did. I don't remember breaking it. He's like, no, you broke it. You broke the table because you weren't paying attention. And then Andy admitted years later that he broke the table and he just right. convinced me that I did. So Andy is, you know, a, a good friend, a close friend, but he's a friend that you really got to keep at arm's length. <laughs> he got me into camping and I haven't camped with him yeah. in like eight years, but he's, yeah. he's the best. He was telling me, maybe he was, I forget who he's with. He's the but- best, but he's a psycho and he'll sell, he'll sell you out. Like he'll, you know, so Ruby Tuesday sucks. Andy Haynes will sell you out. <laughs> Do not trust Andy Haynes. Yeah, exactly. He was saying he was saying he was doing a moving. I don't know who it was with, but he was driving the moving truck recently, and somebody got was with him. They were all excited. They're like, oh, "I just got the half hour on Comedy Central." And Andy was driving the truck, and he goes, "Yeah, I did one of those." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Said, yeah. Like, oh, then, that's great. Yeah, it was such a funny bit. That happened. Actually, that happens all the time because I was working for that company that I got fired recently. I had a falling out. With the owner, but you tell me you new- got you finally had a problem. Someone had a problem with you and your attitude after years. Yeah, somebody had a problem. <laughs> my attitude. <laughs> anyway, who? I mean, it's whatever. I don't want to talk about it. But okay, um, okay, okay. Because a lot of a lot of guys like work at that company. Like a lot of my friends still work at that company. Right. No, it's totally it's, cool. We don't need to talk. And about they were good to me for a while. Yeah. So, um, but fuck. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Yeah, we we had like a big. I, I got like in a big text fight with the guy who owns the company, and then I posted the screenshots on Twitter. Oh my god! And then god. he like saw them and called me and like yeah. threatened to beat threatened to beat me up. I got was like the whole thing. <laughs> I got but, fired from tweets too before. <laughs> but Alex, if you're listening, like no hard feelings. Like we all go through our shit sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, same for me. Um, to my old boss Holly, I, I was a terrible employee. You deserve to fire me. I'm sorry that right. I uh, lashed out at you on television many times. Right, like Alex, you owe me an apology because you were way <laughs> out of line. But I'm not mad at you or anything. I know it's a stressful, but you should apologize to me. Okay, okay, um, okay. I I'm apologizing formally to Holly, who I uh, was who fired me and absolutely had every right to do so. Yeah, no, Alex can eat my ass until he says sorry to me personally. <laughs> well, you okay. better send a fruit basket. You, okay. you hear me? You better send a fucking fruit basket okay, with, okay. with bananas in it to oh, my boy. house. There we go. I'm the I want, 
My I want, fault. I want chocolate covered strawberries with a handwritten note that says you're sorry. <laughs> okay. You fucking piece let's, of shit. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> let's move anyway, to the positive, no the positive hard part of you doing stand up so successfully. When was like, so you've I done a couple of Conans, you've done the half hour. When, when did you find out? How did you get those? That's where. Yeah, we'll but I've never been really successful at stand up because I like, I did yes. the. Ha- I, what? But, but, but like you did what our initial, your initial goal when you started comedy when you were 15 was My to back do a, hurts. You, you were supposed to do a Comedy Central Presents. That was your yeah. goal. You did yeah. it. You've yeah. done one that had to have yeah. felt nice. How did yeah. that happen? Uh, yeah, it felt nice. Well, so I guess I did. So I did Conan in 2014. I was working for a junk removal company at the uh, uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Yep. So I was working there. Connor, that O'Malley, was actually a lot Connor O'Malley worked there for a long time. He did, right? Yeah. Yeah, he told me that recently, and I, he sent me an email that I have to respond to. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, he's but um, I remember I did Conan, and the um, this the the CEO Brian Scudamore uh, called me like personally to congratulate me for doing Conan. Yeah. So he was like, "Congrats on Conan." I was like, "Yeah, cool. I'll be back at work." You know, like, yeah. I had to go back to work exactly a couple weeks later, but it was cool going back to work after having done. Yeah, you know, it's so fun. It's it's cool. It's like what the goal was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know the goal changes to I want to make a living doing this as opposed to you know uh, my now my mom can post this on Facebook unless right I, yeah and then the goal gets more and more abstract so you oh. don't really know <laughs> and then the goal then once you do yeah, yeah I did the, two late nights and a half hour and I'm like all right cool I made it I did everything that I kind of like set out to do right no but now it, it's like now it, what yeah no the the goal slowly shifts from I want to be successful to I just want to be happy right. But yeah. that's when you become a better comic because you're like, okay, I did all the things and I checked all the boxes. And now I get to really kind of figure out like what it is I want to say because there's no – I mean, at least for me, like there's not really any stakes because after – so I, I worked – I did only stand-up for I think about maybe two years after the half hour. But I lost my agent in like 2018 and then I, I split with my manager, you know – later so i so i had so the point is in 2018 i had to go back to being a mover so um i went back to working the moving company for a little bit after being a full-time comic you know yeah um so that was like okay what am i doing here but but i think that was good because that kind of made me figure that forced me to be like okay like what am i really trying to accomplish because i think if you get handed a career too early Mm -hmm. You get, you get stuck, you get trapped in a box where you're trying to like shuck and jive and hang on to your, your thing. Whereas if it, if it does get taken away from you, at least you know that you'll be fine, you'll keep doing it and you'll get better, you'll develop your voice more. And yeah, I mean, that like happened. That. I got SNL way too easily, way too easily. Yeah, but, ca- yeah. but I'm saying, but but I'm saying I thought that that was just how it is and I did not appreciate for a second you know, that I was doing it and I was, you know, making a living. And then, and then when I got fired, I was like, and built it back up slowly to where now I'm happier. And I'm just so much more appreciative of the fact that I get to make a living doing this than when I was 27 and thought it was my right. It's not a right. Right, Yeah. Yeah, you you earn it and you have to, you have to really, you know, enjoy it. You can be mad that you have to fly to Syracuse, but you can't be mad at the audience in Syracuse. Right, right, right. No, but it's so easy. It's so easy to get stuck in this business to kind of get like, you know, to, it's like you're climbing the ladder and then you get stuck at the certain rung and you have to, you know, yeah, you have to make a living. But I feel like, you know, look, even though I am still making probably half of my living from um, driving trucks and moving and doing little handyman stuff here and there. 
I think I do feel like I'm in better shape than a lot of people. And I do feel like I'm, I'm, I can say that I'm funnier than some of my Dude, you are, you are killing who, me over, you're killing me on Twitter. You became my favorite Twitter person oh, during the Bernie stuff. Cause you were just so unap- unapologetically uh, crazy. And thanks. I was fucking I love shadow. I think I'm shadow banned from Twitter. I'm not getting as much engagement. Anymore. Oh no. I guess I haven't seen you on there in a minute. Not ever since you told your yeah. grandma to shut her fucking mouth, shut her fucking mouth. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, you also have, um, your podcast, uh, what's, uh, promoter. Yeah. Uh, the sit down, it's a show that's yeah, loosely based around organized crime. Um, that's kind of the theme. I started off, you know, talking about the mafia and then we did an episode yesterday about, about white women. The, oh the, my se- gosh. the secret evil force that controls the world. Jesus, man! Do you see <laughs> no, that lady? Do you see that lady today in the wheelchair that was stabbing people? It is nice that the pressure is being taken off white men a lot. You know, <laughs> oh like, <my> like, <laughs> like uh, somebody somebody showed some videos like a montage. I, I I know you have to go, but it was some montage of like uh, people like acting out at retail stores. It's always it white literally- women. Yeah, it's, it was like six women, one guy. And I was like, nice work, fellas. That is true. I didn't even think about we're getting, it. Wow. We're, really, we're getting our shit together. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yes. Okay. Well, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you know, white women, you know, take the flag, run with it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are still the people, white dudes are still the ones killing. Uh, but we're, we're killing, but we're killing because they because they asked us to. Like we <laughs> colonized Africa because they made us do it. Oh, they God. wanted us to do it. All right, so I I think that that is a great uh, that's a great promo for what will happen. What right, happens check out over my on show, this, please, if you on need the sit down. Content. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the type of content you're going to get. Mike, thanks a bunch yeah, for yeah. doing the podcast. This was man. a blast. Thanks a million. No, it was really fun. Uh, I know yeah. you listen to every episode, and you're a huge fan. So you know, mm-hmm. I always let the guests take us out. Um, Brooks, uh, is, did not kill a guy with his car. Those allegations are, uh, false. And, uh, that's not, that's a different Brooks Whelan.